Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Can I just say this to those who are new and those who have been coming? We just want to serve this community. We want to grow in faith and in knowledge. And we want to make heaven more crowded. I know it's brick and mortar and it's a church, but we want to be in community. We want to extend love to you, and we want you to know that you're loved. So if you're here and you're like, mm, this is different, let it be different. Let God have his way. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, we're starting a new sermon series, The Letters Penned by Paul. And we're going to work, um, you, 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 you heard the scripture. I'm just going to say it. You know I love you, right? You know I love you, right? But you saw those scriptures. So we're going to walk through that a little bit. And um, we're going to let God have his way. So in, in, in Thessalonica, it was um, a place where there was like a crossroads, kind of like the mixmaster at, at 80 and 35, that culturally and economically, there was, it was an importance to Thessalonica and where it was located. Particularly, it was the capital province of Macedonia. And so I just thought it was much like the city of Des Moines, the capital of Iowa, much like the mixed master, that there's a, a mixture of cultures and a mixture of economic wealth that was there. And he drew a lot of different people. And so Paul has spent a little time in Thessalonica laying down the gospel and the good news. And the people at Thessalonica embraced the gospel like no one else. Like they really took to the gospel. And Paul was so encouraged by them. And so when we start to look at uh, the church at Thessalonica, while it was a lot of new converts, they became an example of what it was to love each other. That, that the, their embracing of the good news spread far throughout Macedonia, that wherever they went, people understood that, man, that was the church at Thessalonica. That's what I think Hope Elam and Hope in general is like, that, that we want to be someone known for loving each other, for, for accepting the word of God and, and standing on the word of God and embracing the good news of the gospel. They were an example. And then they were eager Paul was eager to get back there because while he was there, they kind of ran him out of town. Because Paul was, Paul was dropping some, some heat. He was telling them about the goodness of God and the resurrection of Christ. And, and so some Jewish sect, they, they ran him out because he was turning the world, their world upside down. And so while he was there, he wanted to write this letter so that the church at Thessalonica can keep going. Be just to endure, to, to keep pressing. That don't get weary, don't get tired, keep going. Maybe you're here today, and you started off really well. You've been a little weary. And I'm saying, maybe like Thessalonica, 
keep going. Paul is saying to all of us, he wants to encourage. He wrote the letter, Nina, to encourage the church at Thessalonica. He said, listen, I wanted to come to you, but Satan hindered me. That I wanted to come back to Thessalonica, but I couldn't get back to you the way I wanted to. So I sent a representative. I sent Timothy to go back so that he can complete the faith, so he can keep pouring into you. Because false teachers had gotten in, and it became kind of lax in their movement in the faith. And so they began to be open to sexual promiscuity. And Paul was saying to them, no, 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 no. He said, keep going. He said, you've been sanctified. To be sanctified is to be set apart. It's to be made holy. He said, you're sanctified. So he said to them, he said, look, I want you to excel. I want you to not only keep doing well, but I want you to, like, be the best you possibly can be. And Paul said, here's why. When I stand before judgment, <laughs> I've been found that in too many other letters. Paul said, Thessalonica, you my pride and joy. Like, you my crown. You, you, you're the ones I'm so excited about because of the way you took to the gospel. So Paul was writing this letter. But then the reason he wrote chapter 4 is because there were some concerns in the church. As he was preaching and teaching the resurrection, there were some concerns about the second coming. So Paul said, listen, let me write this letter because I want to encourage your hearts. First of all, he says, look, my brothers and sisters... I want you to know what's going to happen after the end times. Most times when eschatology is being preached, it's peril, it's darkness. It's, a lot of times it's confusing. There's a lot of different views. There's a, listen, there's a lot of information out there, okay? But he said, I want you to know in the word of God what's going to happen. And so today, we're going to talk about it. He said, look, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. We got to know what we believe about the foundations of our faith. So, Hobelam, what do you believe about your God? Because what you believe is going to determine whether or not you're going to have the comfort that he came to give. There was concerns. So he wanted to provide clarity to give comfort. Because if you understand... What's going to happen in the end time? You understand what happens when mom and them and dad and them are long gone and grandma and them. And you lose a son or a daughter. When things happen in life, once you understand what's going to happen, it gives you comfort. But it's based upon what you believe. And so Paul didn't want them to stay in that place, so he wrote this letter. Not only because he wanted them to know, but Paul says, look, I want you to know what will happen to believers who have died so you will grieve. You will not grieve like people who have no hope. Now listen, grief is a part of what we all experience. There was a funeral here on this past Thursday. Grief is, if you've lost someone who was near and dear to you, you're going to have grief. You're going to have brokenness. Your heart is going to be broken. Your world is going to be turned upside down. You're not going to know sometimes to go left or right if the person who died was your rock. Grief is a part of it. But when you understand the foundations of your faith, that you can grieve with hope. Paul didn't want them to grieve with hopelessness. Paul didn't want them to stay in a place to where they were excessive with their grief. That they grieved as if they didn't understand what was going to happen. Paul came to give some good news. I come to give some good news. The, the thing I want you to know today, 
is that those who die in Christ, the good news is they shall rise again. We're going to see them again without a question. Oh, I like that. Yeah, we're in the right house. Listen, listen. If you're here today, when you leave, I'm not going to take you on a theological journey and doctrinal journey to where you have to understand this is going to happen, then this, and then tribulation, and millennial. We're going to talk about what you believe because if you don't get this part right, it don't matter what's coming. It don't matter how it's going to get done. What we got to believe more than anything is that he coming. Jesus. All right. So he said, look, death has already been conquered. So we have to, like, have a confident hope. He wanted us in the sand. Confident expectations. Knowing that those who die in Christ, we're going to see them again. That those who are in Christ, those who belong to him, that while their earthly tabernacle be dissolved, they have a place not made with hands. That one of the things that we got to understand, we have a confidence based upon God's promises. And the promises are all throughout the text. Confidence in who God is. God says, I am the one who created everything that is. Can you take this journey with me? Because here's what we got to believe today. We got to know and understand that God created by speaking the word. Before we get to his second coming, can we just understand that God created, he fashioned man out of the dust of the ground, and then he breathed the breath of life into man? Come on, we got to keep marching because once we understand that, he gave us a will that even when sin came into the world, he made a way for that. Then as this, this man as, as humans, we kept living. He talked about that it was 400 years before the Messiah had come. That the, the good news is that he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And then he came. Jesus, born of a virgin. An immaculate conception. Are you still believing? Because we can't get to the second coming unless we understand the pillars of our faith. So after he came, he came, he lived and died. And they hung him on the cross. He became sin who knew no sin. They put him in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day, come on, he got up with, with all power in his hands. Come on. And because he got up, we going to get up. Listen, ready or not, <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's kind of like how great thou art. If we get this right, honestly, we can go home. Ready or not, he coming. He co Up or down, believe it or not, ready or not, he coming. The good news, because of the resurrection. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Hope Elam, either we're going to stand on the word of God or not. Logic wants us to understand, well, how are he going to do that? Faith says it don't matter. That I believe that my whole makeup. When I stood in front, when I, when I walked by 
bless his heart, Lamont Love Lady, and many others, there was a shell there, but life was gone. The spirit was gone. And I stopped by to tell somebody that the spirit that lives within you, your soul, that's what gives you life. This can't make it to heaven. That God said that he's already made a way and the, and the forerunner was Jesus. And because he got up, we get up. How do I know? Let's keep pushing. He says, look. He says to us in John 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. It has to do what you believe, Natasha Brown. Don't let your hearts be, be troubled. Believe in God. Jesus said, and believe also in me, because in my daddy's house, there's all kind of room there. And he said, if it wasn't true, I wouldn't have told you that. And by the way, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And where I am, that's where you're going to be. He already made a way for all of us, for those who believe, for those who have gone home before us. He's already made a way for us to be reconciled, to be reunion. I'm so glad. Listen, when my mama died, the stages of grief, when I got the news, and, and my brother called me, and I packed my bags, and as I was leaving, and gave Natasha a hug, and the boys, and Ellie Brown, she prayed a little prayer with me. Oh, Jesus. She prayed a little prayer with me in the closet. She's like, Dad, he going to make a way. And all 12 hours of just weeping. But then I remember this woman loved the Lord. She was a rock. She understood who she was and who she was. So I was going to a home-going celebration. I knew that I was going to have to stand tall for my family. I knew I was going to have to do the eulogy. But when I got to Louisiana and I saw her and I saw that empty shell and I saw the peace that was all over her and my spirit connected with her spirit and I knew that she was with the Lord. I stopped by to tell somebody, I don't know who you lost. I don't know how long they've been gone. But one day, you're going to see him again. That's the promise of an almighty God. You know why? Ready or not. Come on, Hope Elam. Ready or not. He coming. Jesus, the return. In our text, it says, look, we tell you this directly from the Lord. Paul says, we who still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. I don't care if there was ashes sprinkled in the sea. I don't care if there was buried with no tomb, no cow. I don't care. If they were in Christ, they coming. And they're going to rise first. Somebody needs to be a little bit more happy. Somebody lost somebody close to them. Somebody think they're not going to see him again. Somebody's thinking, well, they're not here right now. Oh, yes, they are, baby. They were the, they're in the presence of an almighty God right here. And I believe it with all my heart. If I don't, what are we doing? When I was growing up in Louisiana, we used to have this game that was called hide and seek. And you used to put your foot in. And you used to go... Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by the toe. If he holler, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, my mama told me to pick the very best one and you are it. And the person who was it would hide and, or would count to a number. And then at the end would say, ready or not, here I come. What I want you to know today is that you it. 
you it because he it. And because we it, there's people hiding in dark places that needs to understand the truth, that needs to know, ready or not, he coming. So what am I saying? Let's stop playing. Let's stop playing. Either we're going to believe it or not. Jesus, the dead in Christ, shall rise first. What does it mean to be in Christ? When you're in Christ, your heart has been broken. You understand that you're a sinner, that you can't make it unless there is a redemptive order that comes from an almighty God. When you're in Christ, you understand that you have been baptized with Christ. The old person has become new in Jesus. So when we're in Christ, we understand that if I'm in him and he's in me, then I can bear much fruit. I can do things that I couldn't do before. When you're in him, you don't go the places you used to go. When you're in Christ, you can't do the things that you've been doing. When you're in Christ, you can't say what you've been saying. You can't do the, when you're in him. And maybe you're here and you've been doing the same thing. Listen, while we got time, let the word be the word. God didn't come to scare us into heaven. God has, he's come to give us grace and opportunity to make a choice. And God is saying to all of us, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then those of us who remain, we coming too. Come on. Come on. Ready or not? Come on. Not only the reason he gave them this letter, not only the resurrection, and not only the fact that he's going to return, but there is a rapture. There is a being caught up. There is a grasping. There is a grabbing. There is a retrieving that's going to happen. And then the word, it says, for the Lord himself, somebody needs to say amen. Amen. The Lord himself, no man has ever seen him once he's been ascended. The Lord, when he comes from Jesus, he's coming himself with a commanding shout. Oh, somebody ought to shout right now. Come on, somebody ought to shout right now. And with the call of God, he know you by name. He's coming for you. Curtis Bell, I don't know why I keep calling your name every time you're in the house. It's probably because you're my dude. And I'm telling you, bro, he coming for you. For you. For us. A faithful God, Kiana, faithful. He's coming. He's coming himself with a commanding shout and a call of God. That is, and it says, first the believers who have died will rise from their graves. But don't you know, he says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does this perishable inherit the imperishable. Corruption can't put on incorruption. Mortality can't put on immortality. So God has a glorified body. He has a a house, a tent, a tabernacle. He has a building. He has a place not made with hands that he has already have in store where our spirit is going to dwell. It is something that he does. But just know that this is decaying day by day. And when we put it in the ground, it decays as well. But when we are resurrected in our glorified state. We don't have to worry about 
our mortality. God says when he's coming, he's bringing the believers with him. He said, listen, I tell you a mystery. Not everybody going to sleep. He says, but we will all be changed. There is a transformation that's happening right now. It is when our spirit communes with his spirit and the things that we used to do, we don't do anymore. There's a transformation that begins to happen right now. There is a change, he says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. It won't take long, but that is something that he does for the believer. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable. And we will all be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Maybe you're here and you're caught up right now. Caught up with information. Caught up with doubt whether or not you're ready. I'm just going to jump ahead and we're going to get to it because I'm going to take my time and get to it. If you be ready and stay ready, then you don't have to get ready. If you're ready and stay ready, then when he returns, you ain't got to get ready. The rapture. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So ready or not, be ready. Repent. John the Baptist came in the wilderness calling the same thing when Jesus was coming the first time. He said, repent. If you're going that way, turn back to him and go that way. Over and over and over again until you get it right. Some people, look, maybe you've been going that way and you've turned and you stumbled. Maybe you've turned and you stumbled. Keep going. Because if you are ready and stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Repent. When you repent, you become regenerated. That means you become born again. That means you have been called from the old to the new. That means you've, you've had a contrition and you've changed your lifestyle. You've been regenerated. You don't do the things. You, you can't be in your sin and be comfortable in your sin because the Holy Spirit is there kicking against the flesh. And because you repent and you regenerate it, now you can be redeemed. Once you are redeemed, once you're ready, come on, look, wave at me if you know you're ready in this place. Wave at me if you know you're ready. Listen, 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 listen. For anybody who didn't wave, don't you know that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you just let God in, he starts to make a difference in your life? That he makes you ready? That's called justification. He makes you righteous. And then if you trust him, he'll start to wash away that stuff. That's called purification. He'll wash you clean. The blood shall never lose its power. Our readiness is not based upon who we are. It's based upon who he is and what Jesus did. We've got to accept the love that God has come to give. Be ready. Open you, declare, and confess. Be ready. He says to us, God himself has prepared for us this. And as a guarantee, he's given us his Holy Spirit. You want a deposit? You want some evidence of your readiness? If you're here and you're struggling, and there's a warring in your flesh, the Spirit of God has indwelled in you. 
Keep going. You're ready. Start to make the changes. Start to be obedient. Start to submit. Start to surrender. He'll take it. He'll make another way. Jesus. He says, so we are always confident. Even though we know that as long as we live in this body, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. We know. We know what we know. We know. Ready or not, he coming. We know. We're confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord. The time is coming. Paul understood that. Once we're ready, stay ready. Stay alert. Watch. If somebody was going to break in your house, they're not going to call you and say, hey, 11 o'clock a.m., Vanetta, I'm kicking the door down. Sam, so just letting you know. No, he says, I'm coming like a thief in the night. You don't know the time or the hour, but one thing you know, he coming. He coming. Stand firm. What is it do you believe? What is it do you understand? What do you need to understand? And then stand firm on the word of God. You get, get back up. You slip, get back up. Don't quit. Maybe you're here and you've been quitting. You've been like, it's too hard. Maybe you've been around the church and in the church and in the word a long time and you haven't seen progress. Get back up. Because he's coming. Steadfast. If you be ready and you stay ready. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so will be in the coming of the Son of Man. You know, with Noah, they were still going to banquets. They were still going to parties. They were still doing their thing. Noah was getting on the boat. When the flood came, they had no idea. Stay ready. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know, do not know on what day your Lord will come. So you always must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. It's been thousands of years. And somebody might say, I just want to get to my 70, my 80, and I'm good. Um, faith says we don't know. And when we accept the good news that when we're ready that we're going to be with him, then we live our lives differently. Otherwise, we live, drink, do whatever we want, and just die. That won't get you to the kingdom. Can somebody say amen? All right, we got to go. Stay ready. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So if you're ready and you stay ready, said Adrian, come on, Adrian, if you're ready and you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Stay close. Stay connected. Stay tethered. Keep thirsting and hungering after him. Keep being open. Keep surrendering. Keep making progress. And if he should come, you're ready. Okay, so here's the thing. There were ten virgins, bridesmaids, and they all took their lamps, and they went because the bridegroom would come. Five of them was wise, five of them were foolish. The five wise ones, they took extra oil. 
because they didn't know how long it would take. The other five, they just had their lambs trimmed. Well, it took a while. There was a delay. And the groom took a while, but when he came, the five who had extra oil, who had their lights, their lamps trimmed, they went in. The five who didn't, they're like, hey, give me some of your oil. They say, um, excuse me, I want to go get your own oil. We got to go. <laughs> what am I saying? Watch, watch. The oil was the anointing. And sometimes God gifts you with oil. Sometimes it's enough. Sometimes you have extra oil. It's an overflow. And sometimes that overflow is like, what do I do with this overflow of oil? And all I'm saying is it's personal first. Don't get weary and tired with your anointing. Don't get weary and tired because you have excess. Don't give away your anointing to try to help somebody out. Now listen, now listen. We got to help people. And we got to have the Holy Spirit give us the sermon. But don't try to take it upon yourself to give away your oil. You got to be ready for yourself. And God will gift you with the discernment of what to do with your excess so that you can share with someone else. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to go. Ready or not? We could have went a long time ago. I think we got it. And because he's coming, how are we going to live our lives? Are we living just on borrowed time? And like, uh, If he come, I'm going to take my chance. Right here, right now, run to the altar. Run to the cross. If you're here today, listen. Because here's the thing. He's coming. But you don't know when your time coming. Jesus. You might have time because you're waiting for him to come. He's going to say, oh, I'll get to it. But we don't know when our time coming. This is not, this is the word. Listen. If you're here today and you are not sure, matter of fact, you've never, wow, there's still time today. We gonna, we, listen, we're going to take communion, so um, that's about to happen in a second. But if you're here, please don't leave. We will be here. I know we got prayer warriors here. We'll take it off to the side. We'll go to the green room, whatever. We'll stand right before the throne, whatever we need to do. But don't leave here unless you know you're ready. Can you say amen? amen? We have hope in Jesus. He is our present help, our redeemer. Will you stand as we get ready for communion? Will you stand with me? Amen. much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.